All right, welcome to another episode of Modern Life, everybody. We're going to be talking about the shadow today. <laughs> I'm here with Tabby. Hello. And also Stacy. Hi. And we're going to be talking all things shadow related, so let's get into it. Fella. You murdered a policeman, Duke. Who said that? Duke! Who said that? Shut up! The weed of crime bears bitter fruit. I don't like this. This stinks. Let's get the hell out of here. As always, before we get to our main topic, we're going to do a little, uh, little modern thoughts, little what's on our mind segment here. Who wants to start? I'll start. Oh, my, oh, God. God. oh my God, I know. Restart the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so I just read an article today that uh, White House is going to be killing a big part of its plan for drug prices because, you know, the drug prices are skyrocketing right now and it's making it so like a lot of people can't afford their medicine. And so part of the Trump administration's plan was to basically affect how money flows through the federal health system so that this second party um, person was making money off of these like um, deductions and stuff that they got. And now they're going to be, they were going to funnel that back into like basically give it back to the people. Um, but they, there's been a lot of like back and forth about it because they think that it's not, it's not hitting it's not hitting the drug companies and that's where it needs to be hit. Like the drug companies need to regulate, um, the drug pricing. So, um, this now deal is like, I guess by canceling this part of it, it's now going to force drug companies to Wait, basically what? put a cap on their, their pricing and do a set pricing so that there's no like okay. variant. So it, it basically tells people that they can't, like the drug companies can't randomly charge these ridiculous prices. They have to charge what they charge like in China. They have to charge what they charge in China? Yeah, like the same prices that they give these drugs out to in other countries are going to be required to change to um, hmm. cap the prices at the same price, which is really good because it's going to make the why, drug companies more accountable. Why is China the benchmark? I, I'm not. I just I randomly picked a country. Oh, sorry. So you just picked a random country. Okay. So what, is this a new law or what? Like no, what it's is it's this? it's new. It's basically just like. Um, an effort to change. That's how they're hitting the healthcare programs. Cause a lot of people are trying to like do like Medicare for all. And like, this is Trump's way of like saying he's affecting the healthcare. I, I don't really think that healthcare costs is like, there's so many other factors that need to be addressed as well. Um, but this is just, I just, just a win, I guess. And I, I like that it's a win finally for us because I feel like health care costs are ridiculous right now, and it's to the point where it's almost cheaper to just not pay for them and then go in and then just, if you have to have something done, then pay for it because it's cheaper than actually paying for health care. Right, but how is this like being an actor? <clears throat> is this like... That was their plan that they were pushing through Congress, and now they're not going to do that anymore. They're going to, they're recentering. Well, I guess we'll see what happens hmm. with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. What um, you got? What do I got? I want to talk about that new Aziz Ansari Netflix special. So I actually watched it yesterday. Oh, it's out already? Yeah, it's already okay. out. They did that thing where I feel like the trailer came out two weeks before and then they just drop it. That seems to be like... I don't know. It makes sense because everyone's attention span is so short that it's like, hey, here's this thing that's coming out and now it's out. Mm -hmm. And then people watch it. Um, 
I thought it was really good. I don't know. It was good. It's been so long. Get that last special in Madison Square Garden, which was seems like it's like forever ago now. I don't know four like four years or something like that. Maybe longer. You know, he went through kind of a crazy year last year. He had those those allegations of what do you call it like aggressive sexual behavior. Yeah, and just had had all that to deal with. So I don't know. He I mean he talks about it in the special, and I think he does it. It's just, it's not the Aziz Ansari, you know, from like Parks and Rec mm. or like even from his early specials. This kind of like, woo, like mm-hmm. crazy upbeat comedian. Like there's definitely been a transformation that happened with him. It seemed like mm. it's just a lot more low key and just more sincere. And I don't know, it's, I, it was really interesting to watch and not, not everything is just laugh out loud funny there's like these really big chunks of the special where it's just him just kind of talking about his life and being sincere about it and it's not funny until like there's another joke five minutes later all of a sudden so which i i don't know i feel like a lot of stand-up comedy i see that now where it doesn't have to be punchline after punchline seems to be a lot more like sincere kind of just like the the comedian talking to the audience more a little bit well i think if you kind of trace the history of it, you can point to Homecoming King, who is that? Hassan Minaj. And he mm-hmm. tells a story and has a narrative throughout. And then some of the jokes don't even pay off until way later because he's referring to something earlier right. in his life story. And then something that really revolutionized it was Hannah Gadsby's special mm-hmm. in the net, where it's, it's incredibly moving, but also incredibly funny at the same time. So I actually find I'm, I'm going to have to check out as these, Anzari special because I actually I think find it was this worthwhile for sure. Very interesting, or yeah, just an interesting way to build comedy. And I'm not saying it's better than before or anything. I just right. find it like well, you're doing you, something new. I mean, comedy just evolves, right? Because I, I mean, forever ago it was just you would have just punchline after punchline. There's just short jokes, and then I feel like we went through that whole. I guess you can kind of like point at Louis C.K. a little bit. Just this observational more dark humor and it, mm-hmm. it, it does feel like it's moving into something else now um as you're describing and i i i can't think of the comedian's name but i i saw a couple comedy specials even before hassan minaj's special on netflix where it, it kind of had that same style too and they weren't big specials by any means but yeah mm-hmm. it definitely seems like it's moving like people's tastes change and it's, a, it's the same reason why you go through a whole decade of everyone's watching romantic comedies and then action movies. It's mm-hmm. just people get tired of a certain style and they look for something else. So. Well, even if you... Eddie Izzard specials, when were those? Like 2000s? Yeah. And you're already seeing those. Like he has different topics, but in the later part of the special, he'll refer to something in the very beginning or like draw mm-hmm. connections and come back to it right. where, you know, you can already see that yeah. happening. No, there, but it... So. Uh, yeah, it wasn't like the funniest, greatest special I've ever seen, the new Unzies and Sorry special, but it was totally worthwhile. Like I would I would watch it again probably. It's good. This is a little off topic, but I just saw one that was called Glitter Room on Netflix and it was hilarious. A comedy special? It was a comedy special okay. called Glitter Room. I can't quite remember the comedian, but she was really funny. Hmm. Um Okay. But yeah. Um, so I just finished reading Chocolate Women and Empire by Emma Robertson. Um, <laughs> uh, I think chocolate is kind of the family favorite food around here. And I just thought it was worthwhile to kind know. of... Stacy likes caramel. <laughs> I do. 
uh, find out a little bit more about it. And if you go on Wikipedia and kind of look into the history of chocolate in South America, there are even some things on Wikipedia that she refutes in the book because there's just not a lot of information or evidence. So on Wikipedia, for example, it'll say that chocolate was used as a currency, but she says she only found like one document of a guy saying he paid for a slave in cocoa beans, but that doesn't establish um, a system of commerce around cocoa. And the reason why we don't have a lot of info about something that's so intimately linked with the food and the culture of South America is because as soon as it was quote-unquote discovered by white people, missionaries and other people who are trying to re-educate the natives like would destroy records of, you know, we just, all this history has been lost mm-hmm. because there was aggressive, you know, movement against everything that come, had come before. So, and also the fact that chocolate is now considered such a European thing based on the advancements that Europe made with it, you know, like Dutch cocoa and the way we consume cocoa is not, you know, in other cultures, it's not necessarily something sweet. It's more Mm -hmm. something spicy or it's more the whole cocoa bean is used for like different things. Right. Um, So she just goes into all that in the book and it is very academic, but I just thought it was really informative. And then she also um, goes into how chocolate was marketed, especially towards women. So even though it's all chocolate, uh, drinking cocoa, for example, is marketed to mothers because in the 40s and 50s, you could say anything you wanted. So they'd be like, oh, your kids aren't getting their vitamins if they're not drinking hot chocolate. And then boxes of chocolate would be marketed as this really romantic thing. And we still have that idea mm-hmm. nowadays of like, oh, you want to woo somebody, you give them a box of chocolates. Yes, it's become pretty cliche at this point. Right, but... right, right. But you still... yeah. Still makes sense. And then another thing I found really interesting, but this is, these are pretty basic um, imperialistic techniques. But once they took the cocoa bean and tried to, there's a lot of cocoa now comes from Africa too, because they started plantations over there. Mm -hmm. The workers who weren't barely getting paid anything, the white overseers would be like, oh, well, if they, if we paid them more, like they wouldn't even know what to do with the money. So they ruled through capitalism of saying these people are like too stupid to understand money and if we gave them more they would just spend it on drinks so we're protecting them from themselves like oh we're so good and benevolent and like oh we couldn't they're the only ones who can work in the you hear this a lot Mm -hmm. they're the only ones who can work in the plantation because of their skin color and they're they're so robust and our delicate you know white limbs couldn't even handle it so it, white, white people are weak. It's just it's just pretty classic stuff, but um, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting reading about it and learning about it, and yeah, that's it. Nice. Chocolate, I like chocolate. It. Seems fitting you'd read a book about chocolate, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the shadow. Was it 1994? 90, I, I would forget if it's 94 or 96. Um, Directed by Russell... What did I write down here? I can't read my own, good own Lord. handwriting. Mo- Mulcahy? What's this guy's name? I don't, I don't know how, know how to say it. I don't know how to pronounce it. it. This um, is your department. He's the guy who did <laughs> Highlander. <laughs> he, did a, he did a bunch of other stuff too, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think that's the one that he's most well known for. So The Shadow is... 
my favorite superhero movie. It's one of the greatest movies. I'm saying this unironically. We're gonna go through all the silly things in this movie. I, I just find it amazing. It's just so campy. And I almost wish we would go back to that because now all superhero movies have to be dark and gritty and serious. Uh, I don't agree with that. I think that they're starting to change. I saw like a change, like they were really dark and gritty and then like slowly like some of them are starting to evolve into like more like comedy based. Like you had Shazam and Ragnarok. Shazam, I wasn't even, I don't know anything about that one. Look it up. Yeah, I I actually haven't seen it, but it's Mm. supposed to be really funny. So, I mean, there so, is there is a movement towards humor again. Yeah. Well, so this movie was written by the same guy that wrote Jurassic Park. I don't know if you knew this. No, I did not. Also was part in the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire and Mission Impossible. So this writer is legit. And I think, I mean, it shows because I, I don't know. I like all the characters in this movie. I, I don't think it's... Even though it's campy, I don't think it's like a bad written movie by any means. No? No, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, the campiness works precisely because you kind of like all the characters, I feel like. Like, you love the taxi driver and you love the Asian guy he saves. And the crazy scientist. Crazy scientist. Everyone's uh, everyone's great. Grindy assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just a very underrated movie. And I, I was looking into... It just seems, especially now in the superhero age, it seems ripe for a remake. And so I kind of dove into that. And the guy, the guy that directed the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie, Sam, Sam Raimi or Raimi, I don't really know how to pronounce it. He had the rights for a while. And I don't know if he, it doesn't seem like he has the rights anymore. I couldn't find anything recent though. The last thing I could find was like 2010. There was some news article about it. Um... But the weird thing is, so this, the shadow character goes all the way back actually to like, I don't have the guy's name in front of me, but he first created it. Um, actually, hold on. Walter B. Gibson, I believe. He was featured on this radio show in the 1930s and the shadow character blew up. That's what I thought Nick Cage's character was based on in the Spider-Verse movie. I thought he was supposed to be like, kind of also a mm, yeah. um, parody oh, on the yeah, shadow. I that's- see that. Well, that's the thing with the shadow is that it's... It's one of the OG superheroes, and none of these Comic-Con nerds talk about it. You know, it's influenced, <laughs> like, Batman, and mm-hmm. God knows what Batman has mm-hmm. influenced. What I read is that, so the Shadow's been around for so long, the universe of the Shadow has kind of been made by committee. You can't point to, like, one person and be like, well, he invented all these things we know about the Shadow. There's been so many people over the years that have chimed into what the shadow is and what he looks like and what is his backstory that to get the rights to do the shadow and market the shadow. Well, that's this guy who even this guy who answered the question on the internet, he broke all this down and then he's like, well, what does this mean for someone who wants to make a shadow movie? And it's like, well, we don't really know the character of the shadow is going to be in the public domain by like 2020 or 21 or 22. So, So it's happening really soon. But that's just for the shadow character, so that doesn't include any villains that might be in the shadow universe or part of his backstory, all of which was like later invented in the 1930s. So you get this really, like you don't, we don't really have a precedent for it, like nothing like this has ever been challenged in court or anything. So you could technically make like a shadow movie, 
once it becomes public domain, but then there's this whole weird thing of you might not be able to actually market the movie because of you don't have certain rights. So, and I think all that contributes to the fact that maybe because it's so complicated, no one's kind of mm. really tackled this because you can't just be like, Hey, I'm going to go to, you know, I'm going to go to Stan Lee and get the rights for Spider-Man to make a movie or whatever, or like go to Marvel. Right. Cause the rights are just distributed over kind of all these people and companies that it's not really clear what's okay. going on. And just to let listeners know, the rule of thumb is, I believe, 75 years after yeah. the death of the creator, um, something goes into the public um, domain for you to use. This is also coming up now, I believe, with The Hobbit, but not with The Lord of the Rings, because J.R. Tolkien wrote The Hobbit mm. before, so some yeah. of the characters will now and very soon be in the public domain and others will not. Yeah, and so so because it's not so straightforward, I think that makes it kind of difficult. But you know, one can only hope one day. Just just the whole appearance of the shadow too, and awesome. I mean, it has a little bit of a like Dick Tracy vibe. But just you know, it's like a cape, but not in a dumb way. Like everything right. works, you know, like the hat. I think he's such like a badass superhero. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a bandito. <laughs> kind of a shame that in this golden age of superhero movies. I, I gotta watch, like, the eighth Spider-Man movie, but I can't get a Shadow remake. And it'd be so easy. You would just get Alec Baldwin, who's, like, the old Shadow. He he's teaches the, the old new master, guy. and he's teaching it'd him be, the... It'd be, like, oh, such an easy movie. <laughs> like, the story's all right there. You still have Alec Baldwin there. But it's funny when you look at the Shadow compared to Batman, how many... And there was... It was one of the Batman or one of the Shadow comics. They actually, they had Batman and the Shadow in the same comic. This was like a little comic book series. And in the comic, Batman says how much the Shadow had influenced him. And he's like huh. his biggest influence. So that's cool. Kind of given like a little wink to the Shadow there. But, you know, he's like, because what Batman trains with Raja Ghoul and I don't know if it's yeah. Tibet, but it's yeah. in like the mountains there and the same thing happens with the shadow. It's just there's so many similarities. And Alec Baldwin's uncle is what the police chief. So then in yeah, Batman, exactly. his best friend is Gordon, exactly. the police chief. It's just kind of this, you know, obviously Batman doesn't use guns really, but just the whole look and this kind of dark, gritty, you know, scaring people. All, right, all, right, you know, right. Hiding right. in the shadows. I right. mean, it's just a lot of similarities. The but. one thing he couldn't hide is shadow. <laughs> Which, okay, so I want to get into that. Because the shadow, obviously he can alter people's minds, which is how... From everything I read, so when Alec Baldwin turns into the shadow in the movie, his look changes, right? Mm -hmm. And everyone online was saying that his look doesn't really change. He's just tricking your mind into thinking that his look is. Yeah, changed. he has the ability to... So if he can cloud everyone's mind, why can't he hide his shadow from people? <laughs> also, it's nighttime. Like, there's no light source most of the time. On the bridge there was. <laughs> but let's dive into the movie more. I just did a little backstory um, on the shadow there. Yeah, this is a classic... I would say male redemption story <laughs> where the hero has earned nothing to earn, like get a male redemption story. Like she just gets kidnapped one day and is like, you have no choice. You have to you train have no for choice, seven years. <laughs> I mean, is he so evil that this other person that the master is like, you're, you're way too evil. You're causing way too much turbulence in the world. So you have no choice but to turn good. Like I'm making this happen. Is that kind of what's going on? I, I, don't, I mean, it doesn't really make any sense because then if you're trying to redeem yourself, 
then what you like f off as soon as you're done with your training like he's not helping rebuild all these villages that he burned down True. and like help all these yeah, tibetan people he's like i'm out and i'm going to new york <laughs> <laughs> hey and also there's something that doesn't make sense time-wise because he's at when he goes to the temple and then it cuts to seven years later and mm -hmm. it's new york but then his uncle says Oh, you just gone into bed for seven years. We didn't know where you were, but he had already been an established crime lord. Oh, yeah. So he should have been there way longer than seven years, right? Like that doesn't I would think so, make yeah. any sense to me. Hmm. And can we talk about Alec Baldwin's nails? In the oh opening? yeah, that's all I want to talk Amazing. about. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> and his hair too. <laughs> just oh, this like God. emo gothy look. <laughs> Got his nails and the long hair. It's just like there's so many questions I have that the movie does not even want to answer in any way. I'm totally fine with that. Like, why is just this white guy to, into get, bed? Get me to New York. I don't even care. <laughs> why is everybody speaking English? Like, he, I was trying to look up all these little phrases in the movie, but literally nobody cares about this movie. So I couldn't find, <laughs> like, what he's trying to say. And, like, you know, he says something, everybody laughs. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how bad is Alec Baldwin's, like... <laughs> Foreign language. I want to talk about that flying knife in the opening scene because I remembered it looking way worse than when we rewatched it last week. I'm like, this CGI is actually not completely terrible for 1994. Yeah, it's okay. I have some jaw questions. Maybe <laughs> it needs to see like an orthodontist. I, I, the think, I think dagger. it's aged. It's not. It's, you look at some other stuff from the 90s, it's pretty rough. It's like, okay, I, I can buy this. I'm buying this flying knife. I'm in it. Um, oh, another thing I found out, um, when he kills his accountant and he's like, shoot through him, which I think is a really bad move, especially if you're a oh, foreigner yeah. and like, you, this guy's doing all your books. Like, it's going to be a nightmare to look through all that and like figure out his excel worksheets and oh, excel <laughs> but actually um there's a video with a navy seal i think it's on wired youtube and he actually said that you can make a little body armor and if you're in a bad situation mm -hmm. by using like multiple books and the books that he's holding mm -hmm. in front of him would actually be thick enough to stop the bullet so mm -hmm. I, I did not know that but uh yeah, in he the shot multiple times doesn't he Right, but it's the shot through the books into him that, like, kills him. Um, okay. So that wouldn't have okay. actually gone through the books, which I thought was interesting. But anyways, on to the real opening scene on the bridge in New York when you first meet the shadow. I always read that in, like, Alec Guinness's voice. Like, wretched hive of scum and villainy. Like, oh, <laughs> he's like with Luke Skywalker, yeah. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I, just, I love that scene on the bridge when you first meet the shadow. It's fantastic. Just the whole laugh Alec Baldwin does. It's so good. Stacy and I love the backdrops too because mm -hmm. they're actually painted. You don't ever see that anymore. They're like so using, beautiful. Yeah. And even if you look at interviews with Alec Baldwin from this time period, this is like peak. I'm hot shit. Alec Baldwin taking himself just a little too serious. Never really comes through in the shadow voice, especially when he's just doing this. Like, do you think I wouldn't notice? Like he's really committing in the sound booth. It's fantastic. Oh, he's wearing like all the pomade in his hair. Oh, it's like, so he's great. looking so slick. <laughs> And so I, I looked up because we kept thinking like, okay, is that a stuntman or is that Alec Baldwin? And it is Alec Baldwin. It's just they put eyebrows on him and they like stuck a nose on him. Huh. And they, 
He got these weird, like, black eye contact lenses that apparently in some interview he said that they had to walk my own set because the contacts were so dark he couldn't really see through them. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's also, because this is, this is pretty much um, pre-CGI, so there's a technique called morphing, which they did with the film back then, so that's also how they kind of changed his look a little bit. It's like, it's putting, like different frames on top of each other it's kind of the most simple way to explain it i think the eye thing is something i actually really really love about this movie and i think i like it because it's not subtle and there's Mm. a really sharp line between the face where just a light on the eyes when he's Mm. doing anything um like psychological or something's happening (laughs) and then his eyes also turn into like mirrors they like they glaze over oh really um i guess so and i love that effect and i think we talked about um like charles xavier and x-men and how he Mm. just puts his like two fingers to his temple (laughs) and i i like that less like i I find this more interesting and should they just put a spotlight on his eyes just on his eyes and like but see it this also works because most of the movie takes place at night and you can mess around with all these different you know lights and have the nighttime lights and then you can mess around with all the shadows the shadows (laughs) and then an easy a um something i found out from the director was whenever there's a nighttime scene in a movie, it'll look like it has just rained outside because they spray down um, the asphalt in the streets with water so it reflects mm. the lights more. So when I was watching The Shadow, I I noticed that it always looks like it's wet and raining mm-hmm. and that's what makes the lights and the colors pop too mm. from the yeah, re- reflection sense. of the street. So we go from the bridge opening scene to... Can I? Yeah, go can ahead. I, just, I love that character of the professor who's like... His feet are like in the box in the of concrete. concrete. He, just, <laughs> he just shoots the concrete away. But something, when you have the montage of all the different people that the shadow has enlisted, they're all men and they're all kind of like people who with like a cool profession. So I just see the shadow going around at night and being like, oh, she's just a simple housewife. Like she can't help me. Like, <laughs> he just keeps walking. <laughs> yeah. That's my head cannon. <laughs> I just love when he shoots the concrete block off the guy's feet. Like, at a certain point, the concrete would get so weak, one of the bullets would go through his foot. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Uh, also, the, the gangster, the way he's holding his hands oh, like, a, like a T-Rex. <laughs> so amazing. It's just so good. <laughs> like a little, like, cat paw. Yeah. So good. Anyways, so then he gets, he drives the professor home, and one of the people he's enlisted is this poor cab driver. <laughs> he's having the time of his life. He is, but is he getting, is he getting paid? He's not, right? He has to help the shadow because the shadow saved his life at one point. I'm yeah, guessing. I know you're very upset about this. I'm upset about this because this, <laughs> you, you see the cab driver later in the movie doing actual cab rides for regular people. <laughs> For money, and then the shadow calls him, and he's like, "Get the hell out of my cab! I gotta get." It's like this guy's gonna make a living. Alibon's character is so rich, you know. Again, whole Batman reference. He's this, mm-hmm. you know, he's a rich guy in New York. Like he can hire a limo driver. What's going? Also, what's up with that futuristic cab? Not suspicious at all. You, the cab car. You ever see that? Is it? It's Does not it like look- a normal. It's not a normal car. It's like they made it. It's like the Shadow's car. 
<laughs> it would be a little suspicious. Doesn't he also get notified on his ring? And then he gets the... Yes. So they have this whole system of sending tubes through New York and this, <laughs> through the pipes, but then it's, they can get radio messages over to, their ring. To the, <laughs> to the ring. Flashing red lights. <laughs> it does. I thought about this. It makes sense that they have this whole tube tunnel system through New York because it's all manual and it can't be traced. I feel like if they made a shadow remake for today's times, they would still have that because it's it can't be hacked. You know, the shadow's got to get us secure messages through the city. I think you're uh, channeling a little bit of John Wick in there with the, <laughs> oh, with the pigeon yeah. system. Like, I think you need to like I'm, I'm calm it down you. just a minute. <laughs> it's, it's a smart system. <laughs> what if they talk, John Wick? <laughs> miles and miles of tubing through New York. Yeah, that's How do you gonna... build that? <laughs> What else happens? He meets. What do we think of the female character? I love her. I love her. I love her. Oh my god, she's not like we. She's not super weak. She's like feisty. I like her character. I was watching this interview with her, and she looks phenomenal still. Oh really? Yeah. Wait, I forget what what is her name. It is. uh, Hold on. Hot hottie pants. What's her name? Penelope Ann Miller is Margot Lee. Oh. She's Mar-o-lay. so great. <laughs> You'll get that if you saw the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. She does look great. I was just watching this. I found just these generic interviews. A few years, and I think it was 2014, they released the 20th anniversary Blu-ray, which I wish we would have gotten because there's there seems to be some special features on there, oh. which I couldn't find any online at all. But it seemed to be pretty like generic fairly generic interviews but it'd be her talking then it cuts to alec baldwin and he's alec baldwin 2014 was not looking so hot just kind of really overweight and like sweaty looking he's just like like job of the hut talking about the movie and then it shoots back to penelope margot lane actor and she's just like so pretty and beautiful still i'm like what happened, Alec? <laughs> yeah, just that, that red lip color and the hair and mm-hmm. every dress that she wears is just phenomenal. Yeah. Just... And she's not completely useless. No. No. <laughs> yeah, I want to get and into she's that. Really smart. I want to get into that later, but I just have to, the next scene that we have is he's like, you want to get out of here? And then they get Chinese food. And she goes, you speak Chinese? Oh, only Mandarin. <laughs> That's like what the greatest lines. <laughs> that is another thing that makes no sense. And yeah, I'm going to say it. This movie's kind of racist. Like it's not the worst thing we've seen. Um, it does It does actually have a lot of Asian actors in it. There's only one burly white guy with eyeliner in it. All the other yeah. people are Asian. But I don't understand why he is speaking Mandarin because it's not until the 40s that China takes over Tibet, really, and then you have the Chinese languages kind of as part of the Tibetan way of life. So this movie really made no effort to, like, and also I think Khan is speaking Chinese. Like, why wouldn't he be speaking Mongolian? Like, a lot of the languages were really confusing on a rewatch when I was paying attention to it. Because either the shadow just speaks like a, a million Asian languages, and so does Khan, but then... Right. I, I don't know, the whole thing was a little... That, that, that's asking a lot of detail out of Hollywood. Oh, a lot of 90s. detail? Yeah. Google, like, looking at what language they speak. Yeah. 
<laughs> There's a Kumal Nanjiani sketch about that. What is it? It's like a video thing. Like, I have to get his sideburns correct, but I can't look up what language they speak in Pakistan. <laughs> it's about some, like, video game. <laughs> it's really funny. I'm looking up this burly guy. I can't find him. He looks pretty white, though. What else happens? They get Chinese food. Oh, um, next scene with the coffin, where the museum gets the coffin delivered, and they don't oh, yeah. know where it's from. That always scared me, that scene. Oh, because the thing started opening yeah. up. and It's kind of intense. It is, yeah. Because so, when I first watched this movie, I was like, I don't know, 12? Yeah, it was scary. That scene was a little scary. Just the thought of the security guy alone with all yeah. in this museum, that always scares me. And then the clasps on the, the clasps on the coffin, just... Yeah. And then he kills himself. The whole... It's, su it's maybe... The, it's super eerie. I mean, the guy puts, like, the gun to well, his head. Well, the movie's very violent. I didn't yeah, realize true. it when I rewatched it. But so the museum manager knocks against the coffin and it goes clank, clank. And he's like, it's pure silver. <laughs> so I had to look this up because I was like, this makes no sense. <laughs> silver is actually way too soft. I think this is a, we all know this. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to mix it with something. That co There's no way that coffin is pure silver because it would just bend and... Okay. And then the clanky sound would actually be more of a bell-like ring if it was mm. pure silver. Well, well, well. Someone's out of a job at the, the New York <laughs> the, Museum. At the Met. Where was, was it? it? Met? Oh, no, it was the Natural History Museum. Yeah. That's where it was. <laughs> so Khan comes into the picture. Great actor. John Lone <laughs> plays Khan. I think what I find really cool about this movie is pretty much every character is almost... It's cartoony, it's almost a caricature, yet everybody's doing, like, the best and the most, mm -hmm. and somehow that works. Like, you have Sir Ian McKellen being the crazy scientist, and it works, and you have right. Tim Curry doing the, the slimy thing, and, and and you're in it, like, you get what's happening. You know, there's there's no subtlety in this, but I don't, I don't want that in this movie either. But that's why the campy thing works, because everything is, everything else is... Like spot on. If you, and I think if you do camp ironically and you don't do it seriously, mm -hmm. that's where it falls apart. Right. You know, you have to really like embrace it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Alec Baldwin finds out, I think shortly after that, that he can't control Margot Lane's mind. Right. That is such a great scene because the music changes. It's like the mm -hmm. da, and it zooms in on mm -hmm. his face, and she's like, "What are you talking about?" And it's like, do 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 do. So she's in like. I'm guessing in her 30s and still hasn't figured out that she can read people's minds. She just thinks it's a weird coincidence. No, she said that she could only do it with her cousin, people that she really? was really close to. And she hasn't had that feeling in a really long time. She said that later on, hmm. that she hasn't had this connection with anyone so in a means, while. That means it's love. And also you have to remember that this wouldn't have been encouraged in any way because her father is so logically minded. Like, he's a scientist. He needs sure. evidence. Yeah. Um, uh, which is the scene where she's talking to him and it's the middle of the night and somehow she's still dressed in, like, her evening gown, <laughs> like, visiting his office. Um, and he's kind of half listening to her, like, that's nice, dear. Like, <laughs> the way she picks up um, this apple and starts playing with it, I always pay attention to that when actors know what to do with their hands and know what to do with props, but mm. not in an like annoying, obnoxious way where they just start fidgeting. Right. She's very deliberate in like 
the character almost goes into this dreamlike state and just starts telling the story. So mm-hmm. I, I like that scene a lot. It's one of those scenes where I'm like, yeah, she's actually really, it's a campy movie, but she's a great actor. Like mm-hmm. everybody's a great actor in this. Something else about Khan, his walk is so fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's such a presence. Across and the he's floor. got the shoulders and he's just, he's killing the taxi driver. Like, I gotta get some gas. Yeah, yeah, like, messed up. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah, I did forget how dark this movie was. Must be my lucky day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know every line from this movie. <laughs> like, he kills, he kills the guard because his mind is weak and he kills the taxi driver because he's weak but i guess tim curry's okay and that sailor too which i looked up apparently if you fall off the empire state building you would just land on the um this ledge of lights that lights up the empire state building so that guy wouldn't have fallen like all the way really far (laughs) that's also like yeah he like splats to the ground yeah if you're a homophobe that's what happens you just (laughs) (laughs) But the scene in the background where you see him falling and like hit oh the building, God. it's so like dark, but so like beautifully, like it's visual, <laughs> it's so visually beautiful, but it's like, so like, did that just happen? Like in the background? Man. James Cameron saw that and was like, I'm going to do that in the Titanic. In the Titanic. <laughs> That's the only thing I remember about that movie is the guy falling off the ship and he hits the propeller. Well, it's not a propeller. It just... The thing that powers the I ship. don't remember that. You don't remember that? No, I do. Yeah. The uh-uh. guy falls and hits the spinny things on the ship because the ship's already, like, upside down and just boom and, like, starts spinning in midair. It's, like, super violent. That's <laughs> all I think of. Can I just ask you, since you're the expert on this, mm-hmm. what causes the high amount of pressure to send those parcels through the tubes? What in causes the, like, the pressure? Yeah. What? Is there a suction... It what is, is it, it, it's just air suction, but the way the system it's the same thing if you go to the bank drive through, you know yeah. the little cylinder? Have you ever gone to the bank drive through? But it's just a lot to construct for the shadow, no? Yeah, it, to make it, it's this... just it's just air pressure. The reason why the system in the shadow would never work is because the tube comes out on this other end. You would have to have it you would have to have the like whole a system cap. has to be sealed. Right, and the cylinder would come and it then just you'd comes like out. It. Yeah, but the cylinder just falls out at like the headquarters into just this. This open guy pipe. who has never seen the sunlight because he got enlisted by the shadow yeah. and now he's just living down there. In the but sewers. it's not. Yeah, that pipe thing is not a closed system, so it wouldn't really work. Okay, I, think. I just want. I just was. <laughs> that was my question. Thank yeah, you. But that it's not like fancy technology. It's literally just air pressure. Oh, I just wanted to shout out um, something else about the costumes that are so great. And mm-hmm. I, this is also a really great era and just in fashion in general. Um, Alec Baldwin wears a suit jacket that has a belt around the waist, but only halfway. And my friend Dan, who knows everything about men's fashion, said that that is a half Norfolk jacket. Well, Norfolk well, jackets well. have the belt all the way. It's like what... I see this a lot in like hunting jackets too that uh-huh. people would used to wear, um, and Alec Baldwin wears like a modified version of that, and I love that jacket. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he wears it when he's in his like secret hideout, I think, and then the and then Khan kind of surprises him there, and just the shoulders too. Um, they're huh. very broad and just the silhouette yeah. of that kind of more tapered. Um, tapered waist and then those broad shoulders it reminds me very much of like the superman silhouette Mm. too 
Uh, it, it just works really, really well. One thing Alec Baldwin pointed out in this interview I watched with him was just how how much he loved the sets. And then when I was thinking back on it, I'm like, yeah, the sets are fantastic. Like the whole underground layer that he has, right? Because you know that's just on like a soundstage. Mm-hmm. But it's it's when you look at it, it's you know, it's not just like a building you see that's that's nothing behind it, right? Just I mean, it's like these fully built out sets hmm. with the stairs coming down and like actual rooms because the camera pans all around in the set because you have that scene with Khan later, right, where they're moving from and there's room a to room, like twirly staircase, yeah, right? It's like that the goes twirly up. Twirly staircase, um, and then yeah, the obviously the set at the the shadow headquarters there where all the messages come in. Like, that's so greatly designed with all these, you know, all these tubes that are all over the room. <laughs> and then, obviously, you have the bridge from the beginning. And, yeah, I'm like, yeah, the sets are really cool. Mm-hmm. It works. In mm-hmm. this scene, I also love how we get more background on how evil Alec Baldwin really is. Because you have Khan giving that exposition mm-hmm. where he's just um, admiring him. And he's like, oh, mm-hmm. you're the raider. Like, you're, like, I love your work, man. I think that's a good way... Maybe even better than the dream sequence later on of mm-hmm. telling the audience like what a legacy Alec Baldwin's character has in mm-hmm. this movie, how much he has to make right. Yeah, I like that he's. I mean, he is like an antihero in a way. Like he's not a good person at all, and he knows that too. Like I don't think he's pretending to be anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys said that you didn't know how. Um, I forget the guy's name, but the guy he trained with did it and. One of the articles I read said that he did it by going into his mind and retrieving the humanity that had been lost. Oh. So that was how he his character got changed because we'll he that. had I lost like the, the humanity and he wanted to train someone that knew the evil in other people so that he could see it and understand it. Because if you can't mm. see it and you can't understand it, mm-hmm. then how are you going to like be able to see where there's issue, like where the problem starts? So he wanted him to do that. But he, in order for him to do that, he went through like this... He had to uncloud his mind. Yes. Oh, mm. yeah. Take the shadows out. <laughs> <laughs> so There's also a really great line where um, I think it's one of the wives who says, I think they made up the shadow so people would listen to the radio more. <laughs> which is a throwback to the shadow radio show. Yeah, which was actually like supposed to be more popular than the magazine that came out right around the same time. Mm. So, so from what I understand, looking it up, the so they had the comic book, The Shadow, and in order to promote that, he would be featured on the Detective Radio Hour or something mm-hmm. like that. And The Shadow was a character on that and became so popular that mm. he got his own radio show and they made like four different movies between 1945 to 65. There They're on four. Amazon too. I tried watching oh, one really? of them, but it's really old school. It's right. like... In the same style, maybe like Dracula, Bela yeah. Lugosi, that kind of movie making. And there was all these. Oh, that's funny that you say that because they actually reference that that's where he gets a lot of like the original guy. That that's where he gets a lot of his um. Really, they look very from. similar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fascinating. Wow. I'm but so that's smart. also, I, I feel like <laughs> that would be why Alec Baldwin makes such a point of the voice because the radio show was such a popular mm. medium that I think that that's probably where why he puts so much strength in that or like purpose in that tone. But when you look it up, The Shadow apparently was so insanely popular from like the 30s to the mid 40s, it seems like. I mean, there was just, there was radio shows, comic books, like regular detective storybooks, I guess, movies. I mean, this was like the hot shit Mm -hmm. back in the day. And it's funny that it's just totally, 
like everyone remembers Superman and I mean all these other things that have been around forever and for whatever reason the shadows kind of tapered out and my guess is is that it's not like a DC or a Marvel thing so you really don't have this allegiance is like hive mind of like I have to love everything to do well, with this one you don't thing. have that and you also just you don't have this company behind it that has all this mm, other content that's mm-hmm. just constantly pushing out new content and marketing it and just kind of keeping it in mm-hmm. the in people's minds. I also wonder because during the 40s and 50s if you look back at comic comic book history there was a huge push to censor and eradicate like any type of comic books and that's why mm-hmm. you have these really placid kind of mellow stories because this this was like the video games of our generation mm-hmm. was the comic books of their generation like oh they're turning everyone into serial killers and <laughs> So I wonder if the shadow just did not survive that because you think soccer moms killed him? Yeah, <laughs> it's like Marilyn Manson after like Columbine. <laughs> You're reading too many of those shadow comics. I, I don't know. It's worth. I don't know. It's worth looking into. I don't like your aggressive behavior around the house recently, Stephen. Um. <laughs> anyway, it, it's just it's just kind of weird how. Huge he was, and nobody remembers. Mm-hmm. Like nobody has, mm-hmm. nobody knows. We're the doing the work. Is. We're doing the work doing the right Lord's here. We're bringing here. it back. This is just this is ripe for like. Give me a net shadow Netflix show. Oh I will God. be all over it. All over it. Nobody knows where the shadow is. It can't be that expensive to get whatever rights you need. <laughs> it might have be some legwork because the rights are kind of a shit show, but. Like, you're not buying Superman rights. You're buy- Like, nobody knows what the shadow is. Mm. I don't know. It just seems like a lot of upside and very little downside if someone was to take this on. You know? Mm. I don't know. Mm. I feel like they... I read something where they tried to take it on, and for some reason they couldn't come up with, like, a... Like, it finally died because they couldn't come up with a storyline that... The, Such BS. I, I, I don't know. Because it, it was be like hard. it was like in 2014 at Comic Con, they like talked about it's like somebody asked the question because it was a project he was he was talking about doing mm-hmm. for like a couple years, and then like he was like, no, it's dead. But I, I that was all he said mm-hmm. was because they couldn't come up with a plot that he would. Support. They can make Spider Man three. They can make the Shadow okay? three, three more like three thousand. No, the the shitty the worst Spider Man with the Venom. Oh, Spider Man three, <laughs> where he goes shopping. Oh my lord. If that's enough to put in a script, we can make a shadow. I can do it. Give me the rights. I'll write a script. It's so ugh, terrible. So next, um, when the shadow or Alec Baldwin's character goes to visit his professor friend, he's like, the sun is shining. Oh, but the ice is slippery. And when they go down to his workspace, there's a chalkboard with like chemical reactions and things mm. on it. And it's... I just thought this was really funny. I think all that's depicted on the chalkboard is a breakdown of H2O. Because it says like H2O. <laughs> it's like molecules. It looks like a water molecule. And I'm like, damn, this professor is still trying to figure out what the water well, is. <laughs> just go back to the basics sometimes. Just refresh, you know. It's just a classic, like, let's just write gibberish right. on the chalkboard. Like, nobody's ever going to know. <laughs> Hard enough to make movies as it is, okay? And then the next shot I've written down that we were all super impressed with was um, Khan, Khan in that... Khan. Khan. He's wearing that big cape. 
and he's it's an oh, overhead yeah. shot and the he looks, cape he looks like a bug like it's like a bug oh, at first that's what i was I didn't think of, of that I think like a butterfly or something right like a moth it's like big moth dark circle patterns yeah the then... patterns on his sleeves and his robe match the tiles that he's laying on and it's such a great shot god knows how he found that or if they just made it did he, did he take over that hotel that he's hiding from everyone? He's like, love these floors. Get on the robe. Make what? me a robe that looks <laughs> like this floor. One of his goons is like an Etsy quilter. <laughs> <laughs> Get on it! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the thing. So that's another thing. I feel like the script is solid. Everyone's just committing 110%. And then also, it's got some really cool cinematography like yeah like the rope shot from above and there's const it's constantly shooting people at like from underneath at these angles and like with the lighting and how they do the shadows yeah the like, article really some cool stuff this article i read said that this movie is too visual and it's too, too about visual. the cool shots and the dutch <laughs> angles and the not enough substance it's too i much don't know flair. it works for me i feel it, like it's very comic like yes, it looks you know like saying? a comic totally. kind of like Sin City is, where it's like very like it, it's almost it looks like art on a page, but yeah. done. You know what I mean? You and I think I love that kind of cinematography. I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think it like helps drive the fact that it's a comic book. It works for me. To complain that a comic book movie is like too visual is it just seems like a silly complaint. <laughs> like you're trying to bring this comic book <laughs> character to life. Yes, it's going to be visual. Oh, the the next note I had written down was, but I kind of already touched on it, is when uh, Margot's trying to get some attention from the police chief and is like, he's like, oh no, here she comes again. And he's like, you got to look into my dad. He's not answering my calls and he's speaking in Chinese. And then I wrote, why Chinese? Why not Mongolian? Why is everybody, why is Ian McKellen speaking Chinese? Chinese? Mandarin, <laughs> Mongolian. No attention to detail, damn it. And then the shadow kind of investigates this on his own. I actually really love this fight scene in the um, lab with the beakers mm. and they're shooting the crossbow bolts at him and his cloak gets stuck. And then that scene of him the like... shadow gets stuck He's with like the dagger, crawling right? out of that's his really cloak cool. and the cloak is like attached to the shadow on the wall. Like mm-hmm. that still looks great. But right before that, you just see Alec Baldwin's shadow on the wall, and there's just wind blowing at him at like 80 <laughs> miles an hour, because like his cape is blowing in the wind, and he's like looking around. It's but so meanwhile, great. they're like inside the lab. Inside. Like, where's all this wind coming from? <laughs> it's the billboard blowing at him. The smoke. <laughs> so really, they're like in this tiny lab, and his shadow is just <laughs> like there's this fan in front of him. Um, yeah, and then the next thing is the goon like trailing him in like full oh medieval body armor. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. And nobody in New York care. I mean, I feel like nobody in New York would care if you walked around in body armor. <laughs> It'd just be like another day in New York. <laughs> like, you ever see those videos? These always pop up on my news feed. It's like, just another day in New York. And it's some guy doing yoga in the subway and just nobody gives a crap <laughs> they're like yep it's new york <laughs> it's just weird stuff happening all the time that's something just to go off topic but i think that's something i didn't like about living there how you had to be so desensitized and be right. in your own little bubble and like, i felt very normal. like disconnected yeah. from everything else like 
but that's what you have to be to like function yeah. there. <laughs> it's just craziness. So I want to talk about when he, the shadow follows Tim Curry into his lab, right? Evil Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing. It's see-through equipment. There's nothing in the lab. <laughs> Tim Curry doesn't know he's being followed by the shadow until he's in his lab and the shadow See, starts See, I thought they had moved everything out of there into the um, into the hotel because you see Ian McKellen kind of packing things Right, up. but why is he going back to the lab? And then that scene only exists because the shadow almost drowns, but it, like there's nothing in his lab, so why would he ever even go back there in the first place? I don't know. Just no, it makes no sense. It makes no, it makes sense, no sense at all. Also, that he gets shot and he's bleeding, but only for one second, <laughs> and then you never see that blood again in the water. Also, just stay by the air hole. Just stay like <laughs> by the bullet shots. Come on, Shadow. And I always think about how Margot Lane would have just been oh knocked God. out by oh. the it's water like pressure. Thousands. How about the fact that how can you like put your mouth? Do you know how much water pressure would be behind your head if you put your mouth over that hole? Oh yeah, that's like, true. Okay, <laughs> interesting. That's true. Yeah, it's this big planetarium-looking lab. It must be like a thousand gallons of water, and the Margot Lane character just opens the door. <laughs> like you would just get after. Which she like flies back, but you would just get also the water up stops. Nobody out. has stopped the water from flushing out. You would <laughs> <laughs> being too rational, Tubby. Yeah, it's it's this empty lab that's in some New York parking lot, and it's got all these water pipes going to it. It just makes no sense why Tim Curry is going there in the first place. <laughs> but he dies later, so it's okay. Um, I want to go back to the Chinatown scene. First of mm. all, I love the bullet fight. The bullets like hitting oh, midair yeah. and they're like crashing into each other. Pre-Matrix, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a pretty short fight scene but that I really like. The one thing I really don't like about the scene is you see Khan, but he's like, he's adapted now, right? He's wearing the suit that mm. the Shadow told him to buy. His hair slicked back. He almost looks very much like the Shadow and it's... Mm-hmm. You know, these two are like two sides of the same coin, they keep saying, sure. right? But then something that maybe if it was done in a better way and it wasn't... The fact that he eats like a barbarian and like an animal. And like, why wouldn't he even use chopsticks or anything? It just feeds into this like Mongolian barbarian stereotype in a way that I didn't... I just didn't appreciate. I don't appreciate you know, it. I just... I don't know. It just didn't sit. It's like still getting acclimated. You don't think he'd eat like that? You think all Mongolians eat like that? With their face in there? Khan was just a monster. (laughs) A monster! You're so defensive about this movie. Like, no, it's perfect. It is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, the scene where she's in the green velvet dress sitting and she's laying on the shadow's green couch. It's just another beautiful shot that. Nope, nobody agrees. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I totally forgot. So she gets brainwashed, somehow breaks into the shadow's gated estate, <laughs> and tries to kill the shadow, and then decides, like, hey, I'm just going to hang out here for the rest of the movie. Just invites herself to stay there. No, do we not find this? Well, weird? but she needs to find her dad. I and I think this is another thing I really love about this character and, and that line too where she's like I'm not afraid of you and he goes but I am but I am so great she everything everything is on her terms 
you know, and she's mm-hmm. actively mm-hmm. She, she's, yeah, Margot Lane. <laughs> she's actively contributing to the story. She's finding right. the D's in the library. She's saving him from the planetarium lab. When he's like, "No, you have to get out of here," she's like, "No, I'm not." And then right. he has to agree to that. Like she's not leaving the house. She's not intimidated by him in mm. any way. Like I just, I think she's excellent as a character. Is she the next shadow? Oh she yeah, because like, she has all the mental right? abilities. She has the mental abilities. She cannot be brainwashed. Mm. Um, could she be like the Robin, like Robin and Batman? Right? Mm. She's the Robin I see her the kind of like the Leia character who mm. has the same powers, but like doesn't really want to use them. I don't know. Hmm. That scene where she wakes up in the bed, is it supposed to be serious or is it supposed to be hilarious? Where she's like in full makeup with her eyelashes on without a blanket and she's like, I had a dream that I was having sex on the beach with the sand and (laughs) no... I, because then he goes, "Oh, I had a dream where I ripped my skin off." I think, it, I think it's, <laughs> it's supposed, supposed to be, to be funny, funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which that jump cut of him ripping his skin off between the like mirror and the glass, oh, yeah. and it's, it zooms around, and like you know what's happening, movie making wise, but you're like, it works. Like I don't need no fancy CGI. Like you did a you know smart little cut, yeah. and, and then it's Khan taking Alec Baldwin's face off, and yeah. Sometimes it's sometimes it's all you need. I just I just looked it up. This movie had a forty million dollar budget in nineteen ninety four. How much did it make? Oh, not that's a great question. <laughs> I don't think anything. I think it bombed at the box office. Oh no! But to put that in perspective, the first X Men movie in two thousand had a seventy five million dollar budget. So it's like a, wow. it's a pretty big budget for night because has a lot of big actors in it too, right? Just so going back really fast, I did look up the Mongolian eating customs, Uh-oh. and they do not use chopsticks. Oh, um, they generally use a spoon, a fork, or a knife. So, or just their hands. Or just their hands. This is Genghis Khan. He's eating on the battlefield. He's Dude, not I'm using no fork and knife. Doesn't yeah. But then why is he Chinese in the movie? I'm just telling you what the <laughs> Mongolians' habits are because that's what you asked me. <laughs> Yeah, but even people, if you think of cultures who eat with their hands, they don't do it like he's doing. I, in the I'm scene, not saying right? that they actually like, like depicted it, but I'm saying they did that they do eat with their hands or a fork, a spoon, or a knife. I love that. Thanks for looking that up. You're very welcome. Oh. The movie worldwide made 48 million. So it so made 8 million. It broke even with oh. like, marketing. <laughs> that's actually not that. That's They're relying not- on that 20th anniversary DVD. <laughs> With the DVD sales, I'm sure they did just fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's as big of a bomb as people. Also, make it another out. question I have is how does Tim Curry, this is the last question I will ask mm-hmm. about this lab, how did he get city like ordinance clearance to have the municipal water supply directly like go into his lab? How, why does he have that set up in his lab that these giant tubes of water fill up? That's it. Okay, never mind. Well, he's like with the government, right? Is he doing some sort of like experiments in there? I don't know. But <laughs> if we're really going to question that, then how after the city's already been built, did they build the tubing that goes through the entire city? That, That's what I'm saying. I mean, hey. supposedly, like, he just he hasn't been in New York for very long. Like, he spent seven years in Tibet, so he didn't build this before. It makes no really, sense. You know? It makes no it's sense. a little bit of logic there that's missing. <laughs> 
Is that, by the way, is that whole seven years in Tibet? Is that like a nod to seven years? I in don't. Tibet? I, I had Was that same question. I don't know. I had that same question. I'm not sure. Tim Curry. I'm. I'm looking up this. If this is like a villain in the Shadow Universe, Farley Claymore. It's my best Alec Baldwin. Voice. <laughs> While you're doing that, um, just a question I had: the size of the empty lot, where they then find out there's a whole hotel there that's mm-hmm. being masked. Oh yeah. I feel like the hotel is way bigger than the size of the lot they first show us. I don't think so. Really? It looked like this tiny little abandoned lot, and then the hotel they made there, even, especially when they go inside the hotel, has this huge lobby and all these rooms and, like, all these ballroom. Like, it didn't... Is is the hotel just masked, or is this, like, in a separate dimension? No, I mean, the, ho- the, the hotel's supposed to be masked, and it's a very upward hotel. It doesn't seem to be as wide as wide as it is up but huh. i don't know if the measurements would work right hmm. yeah no uh so that's in Kerrville and it was just for this movie it seems like it's not like in the greater it's not like the joker you know what i mean oh gotcha gotcha the, the con character is is though is right though, from yeah. what i looked up i think like, so yeah <clears throat> no it, it definitely is i looked it up i'm on fandom.com his powers and skills very high intelligence. <laughs> yeah, this says occupation scientist. So, uh, is that his lab? He's doing water experiments or something? Yes. He's working with the Asian guy who's trying to figure out what water is on his chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, my conspiracy theory. <laughs> also, that um, close-up shot overhead of tim curry's face when he's just sweating and he's like chicken did tim curry ever play the joker or anything no he's the clown i know Mm. pennywise Mm. it's just he's got a great he's got this giant he's terrifying wide mouth yeah he's terrifying his voice is great he plays a great villain in dragon age (laughs) fun little bioware facts for you so just, does he just lose his mind at the end of the movie? Like what's when he's shooting he's and like he's like frothing ah, ha, ha. out of his mouth? Yeah, he's also like scared to death. But then he's like, mm. "I'm going this way all by myself." Like I wouldn't, oh I would have stayed with the rest of the goons. And the shadow makes him jump off the balcony there and like kill himself. Like yeah. damn, it's good. Some people need to die. Some pe- that's that's something that frustrates us about Batman, right? Screw Batman. Screw Batman. Just kill the Joker for God's sake. <laughs> Yeah, don't try and save everybody. God. They just come back later. <laughs> I don't get it. The last Batman movie, he like wasn't that the controversy because he like has like actual guns on his Batmobile and like killed somebody or something. I forget. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that only works in the context of. And I think the maybe the f- second Batman movie does this really well with Christian Bale, and then also the Frank Miller comics. His commitment to the law and putting people away and having the police figure things out does that only work in the context of gotham city where the police is so corrupt and Mm. gordon is kind of the only one trying to keep it together and that's why he supports that harvey character too because he's the only one kind of following the law and is it a dynamic of sponsoring the like is it a commentary on like this mafia age of like all the police were corrupt and all the and now when they try to modernize it and it like that no longer works for us Mm. i don't know i'm just throwing that out there i don't know anything about comics but yeah 
I don't know, because otherwise he just turns into what he's fighting against, right? Like, a vi- he doesn't want to be a vigilante. Isn't that the whole thing? Which he is regardless. Like, he's speeding. He's speeding and he's blowing blowing shit up and he's speeding. I mean... Yeah, there's a scene where he blows up a car. That's property He's got his... Yeah, exactly. Property damage. He's got... Batman has his, like, little flying thing there. He's got no permits for that. Um, Just... And I don't think that cave is up to health code. It's a lot of mold in that bad cave. And bat shit. Oh, God. Bat poop. <laughs> and only one guy to clean it all up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which the shadow has the same, like, one butler running around with his with his tray. Yeah. Another. Shadow's cheap. Can't hire his own limo driver. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get, like, maid service. A cheap bastard. You think maybe it has something to do with the fact that taxis are, like, all over the place, so it's less... Um, interesting noticing interesting. like it's less ne- noticeable than like a limo I just hope he pays the cap yeah higher. but if you put a sunshine taxi sign okay, on I didn't <laughs> say that that part was not, <laughs> not inconspicuous trying to rationalize this here can I just say that I love the carnival wobble when the shadow's running on the floor and Khan turns on like the floor is moving Ooh. and he's like <laughs> he just falls down how did he build all this? He's been in town like two days. <laughs> yeah, that's the aspect I'm curious <laughs> And then also, uh, Reinhard Lane. What's the actor's name? Uh, Ian, Ian McKellen. <laughs> when he's running up the stairs and the bomb is rolling it's down. Really and he like dives over the staircase. <laughs> and we had to rewind. We look back and it is a stuntman wearing a wig. Be. But it's just it's funny so funny. because he's like this stiff old man. All of a sudden he's like flying over the staircase. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Also no, classic no. Hall of Mirrors. Gotta have our Hall of Mirrors. This hotel has a million mirrors Fantastic. down in the basement. <laughs> Fun fact, you know that they had to uh, stop shooting because there was an earthquake and the, that scene, that room got destroyed. So they had to rebuild the entire Where'd room. Where did you find this? In my research. Wow. In my research. <laughs> Stacy's wearing a lab coat right now. It's yes. such a hard time finding anything on this Me movie. too. Me too. It's, uh. So they were in some sound stage. They had an earthquake and all the mirrors shattered. Yeah. And so they had to rebuild the that whole thing. Sucks. And they like put a pause on the filming for like, yeah. a week or two. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and he gets that shard right in his... I mean, kind of like X-Men again, right? Like Kevin Bacon. (laughs) The coin through the head. (laughs) Which I kind of love that he's still alive at the end, but he's just Uh at the... At the insane asylum. Oh, God, it's so sad. Mental health back in the day is terrifying. (laughs) I forgot that ending because I hadn't seen this movie in like 10 years. And he's like, I'm con. He doesn't die. That's right. That's terrible. And then the other people are like, I'm Napoleon and Josephine. They're like, oh, it's so sad. (laughs) God. Like tries to control the scientist's mind. The scientist is just staring at him. And you're like, wait, And you get that music again. And the scientist is like, Like, you're funny. But also at the end, you get like the big kiss between Margot Lane and the shadow. And then he just F's off. And Does she's he? like, I, how are you going to find me? And he's like, I'll know. No, they're just, they've only had like one date. I mean, they've been through all this stuff, but then now you got to take a step back. Be like, oh, okay. really? Because yeah. they go to like the same club. How would they not find each other? <laughs> yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> they go to like one place to eat. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll find you, girl. 
got some future dates here in the works. Doesn't she still live at his house? That'd be funny if the next scene is Paul's arrival. Yeah, she ever moved out. <laughs> <laughs> I like it here. I want to stay here. <laughs> um, so this movie have a, has a 6.0 rating on IMDb. And Excuse I me? strongly disagree Excuse with that. Um, this, uh, this is a 10 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> It's great. It's super rewatchable. It's fun. It's one of my favorite movies. And you do know that the taxi driver's uh, Frankenstein's monster, right? He is? In, uh, yeah, in Gene Wilder's. What? Yeah, he's the no, monster. <laughs> shut up. What's his name? Um, I don't remember now. Isn't he the same guy? Uh, what's Wait. The, what's the taxi driver's name? Where are you going? I was going to make espresso. What? Peter Shut Peter up. Boyle. Oh my god, I didn't realize that was Peter <laughs> Boyle. I suck. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> I, ne- I never made the connection that's Peter Boyle for some reason. I think because I saw the movie at such a young age. Right. Where then I'm like, I just think of it as a taxi driver. I didn't even make the connection. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Okay. Wow. Yeah, 10 out of 10. What do you want? All-star cast. Do you think because Ian McKellen has now made this huge bomb, the government's going to take possession of that because he was working for the government? And Hmm. is this what hails in the nuclear age? Ooh, like the Manhattan Project? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Alternate history here. Yeah, what? It's not an atom bomb, right? It's some. Is it a. No, is it hydrogen bomb not an atom bomb? I don't know anything. No, I don't even know. Maybe that's what the water's for. Maybe if you well, put the bomb in the water, water right? it like keeps it secure. <laughs> There's a whole water conspiracy that we're working on here. I wonder if I look this up. I, I doubt. I don't anything. remember what kind of bomb it is. The but... Shadow Water Lab. Does anyone have an? Maybe it's some like specific type of lab that we just don't know about. No, the internet does nope. not care about the shadow. <laughs> I told it's a, you. It's a shame. We're obsessed with everything else. Like the kids just saw the new Spider-Man movie for the second time. It, the bo- the the, it's made out of uranium, in pure form of uranium, but bronzium. It, oh right, because oh, yeah. he shows him the coin and oh, he's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, bronzium. Yeah. It's, it's an better. impure form of uranium, supposedly, that could th- theoretically generate an atomic. But explosion. uranium is made. You use uranium to make uh, atomic bombs, I don't, don't you? I think uranium. So. I don't know. Yeah, the I'm isotopes two thirty eight and thirty five. I'm just throwing out numbers here, but Same. so the kids just saw the new Spider-Man movie for the second time. They're like, you know, it's not like the other Spider-Man movies. Like you'd like it. I'm like, I can't watch another Spider-Man movie. Can't, can we leave Europe alone at least? What has <laughs> Italy ever done to you? You got to now destroy like Venice or whatever it's taking place. <laughs> And I think the Spider-Verse movie proved this, where you could do so many other cool takes on Spider-Man. You can put him in a noir setting and it works. You could do a female Spider-Man. You could do a black Spider-Man. What? You can what, do what? What? Old Spider-Man. Why am I stuck with, like, <sighs> teenage spider Like, do these guys not age? It's like Ash Ketchum and Pokemon. Just saying, it'd be, you know, give me the Shadow Man. Just give me something new, for God's sake. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm with you. I'm yes. with you. What else? Anything else about nope, the shadow that's it. That's besides all I that got. it's that's perfect all I in every way? In every way. <laughs> do, you want, do 
Did we talk about the smoking billboard? <laughs> Margolane. <laughs> <laughs> I love that smoking billboard. Oh, God. It's, it's so terrible. <laughs> Anyways, I think that concludes today's episode. If you haven't watched The Shadow, you should really watch it. It's like $3 to rent on Amazon Ooh, or wait. Google. Or yeah, wherever. can I just point out that Please. the costume designer also did the 89 Batman? Okay. And AI. AI had yeah, some really interesting... Go. Oh, and Batman Forever. Oh, well, well. <laughs> and Batman Returns. All-star cast. Huh. Um, it makes sense that the same costume designer would make Batman, I guess. Go watch The Shadow. It's fun. Otherwise, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at ModernLifePod. Our email is ModernLifePod at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Pew, pew! With the shadow guns. If you want to, you know, if you want, if there's a topic you want us to dive into, let's do it. Otherwise, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. <laughs>